0: When asked once again, Chip Kelly still would not name a starting quarterback for UCLA. At this rate, we will never have a starting quarterback until 2024, and Dante might have even transferred by then. Who knows? Let's talk about it on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, with what seems to be an ongoing saga, the Bruins still don't have a starting quarterback. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Locked On UCLA. I'm your host, Zach Anderson. Yochheimer, no cat today. Sorry, we, we love Lona, but still, thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, and it's available on YouTube. So, like, comment, subscribe down the leave a review. Thanks for your support if you're in every day or you would know that it's been an ongoing saga to determine one. If UCLA will ever get a starting quarterback two, what the men's basketball team will look like when it comes to this fall, winter, and into March, when we determine if UCLA is a national championship contender, all that on this episode of locked on UCLA, where we start is a pre practice interview on September 3rd, the day of this dropping of the podcast, where Chip Kelly again asked by the final day, the media can view practice with what looked to be from what I've read Uh, very minimal things you can look at practice. The Bruins don't really give too much access, especially considering you've got all this quarterback questioning in terms of why don't you just name Dante Moore the starter? Maybe you're sitting there and you're scheming and you're laughing and you're like, guys, it's obvious Dante is the starter. He's just once again playing his games and deflecting with other funny little punny answers in other regards. Or, Is there something going on? Or maybe we just don't know. Chip Kelly was pressed initially in that interview or in the the presser, right? The mini scrum, the media scrum, if you will. And then asked, hey, are you okay with the multi-QB system potentially heading into Utah, which is the earliest big game of the season for UCLA, other than maybe the season opener against Coastal Carolina, right? Against a team that we expect in both games or for both teams to be undefeated. In the Pac-12 opener on the road where Utah, excuse me, is already dealing with their quarterback issues of a different variety, right? Where Cam Rising is a bit banged up. And that's an opportunity where UCLA could steal one on the road against the Utes and generate some even more buzz considering they're ranked after week two. And maybe ride that momentum into a sneaky part of their schedule where UCLA could be a dark horse contender simply based off what they've been able to garner so far. But yet, all the questions are pointing and pointed towards for Chip Kelly. Why isn't Dante the quarterback? Why isn't he the starting quarterback? Colin Schley can come and run some plays. Garbers is very capable as well. There just is a clear eye test, right? Yesterday, I was able to give some numbers, kind of comparing Rosen to Moore in their first couple of games as true freshmen. UCLA has been able to get some good quarterbacks in freshman campaigns, right? I know the redshirt freshman Hundley. You had the true freshman Rose, and this is more very recent times, right? When we've seen a lot more younger QBs all across the country be given opportunities to start, whether it's initially or after the starter doesn't do so well. For UCLA's case, Moore didn't technically win the job out of camp, but he also didn't lose it. And maybe it's because of a lack of full knowledge of the playbook. Whatever it is, Chip Kelly went with garbage, but it's clear the more and more we look again, you can just I'll I'll repeat these numbers for Dante Moore in his first two games. He's got a 60 plus percent completion percentage as a freshman. He's got five passing touchdowns, one INT, three touchdowns, no picks against San Diego State last time out. He has 433 yards, mind you, that's in about five-plus quarters of football that he's had opportunities to play in a season where they've changed the timing rules so they have less plays, probably less, one less driver too. two, and he's done this in what was a close game against Coast Carolina at the time and pulling away from San Diego State after halftime. So what UCLA needs to figure out is why isn't Dante why are they not announcing this? This is just ridiculous at this point as to why they can't announce more as the starter for week three. They could go somewhere else and decide to start somewhere else against NC Central. Remember, last year they pulled out DTR early, which Chip Kelly admitted during a recent practice session. DTR was hurt. That was a trainer's call. Didn't play Zach Charbonnet against Alabama State in 2022. So who knows if they do something completely crazy against NC Central or maybe give Garbers another chance to build his confidence heading into a Pac-12 opener if they want to make it an even wide-open quarterback race once again. Or Chip Kelly's just playing mind games with us and just does not want to give anybody that inkling that they're the starter yet, they need to earn it still, And that by the time Pac-12 play comes around, that they've truly earned it over a three-game spread. Now there's crazy scenarios, whether they split it between Garbers, Moore, and Schley this weekend, which very well could happen in what we expect to be a wide margin of victory, despite what I'm gonna tell you throughout the week, how NC Central is actually a bit better than what Alabama State is and could easily put A minor scare into brief moments of the game for UCLA. But still, I do think the Bruins will run away with this by at least 40 points. NC Central will come in and make it fun, especially with the band. Uh, More on that later for NC Central, the second HBCU team, second FCS team the Bruins have played in their long-storied football tenure. What's most important other than the fact that the Bruins haven't named a starting quarterback. It's some brief defensive statistics I want to talk to you about because Chip Kelly got asked about Danton Lynn. What's it like having him on the sideline? And while that didn't generate too much information from all the media questions for him, what I did notice and what I did want to kind of bring to our attention, it's very simple, right? Very simple that the Bruins are playing aggressively. The the, the D-line is the, the true strong point for UCLA, leading to multi-double-digit, Tackles for lost games. You've got sacks from lot two in both games, at least three to four, basically, for the whole team. In these couple of games, they forced a strip sack. They've had many big plays and opportunities. And I know they've had interceptions, right? They've forced a, a, another couple of interceptions. They had two interceptions in game one, three interceptions in game two, five for the season. Johnson had two in a game. The Bruins are forcing turnovers. And here's something I wanted to point out very simple. How many second-half points had the Bruins given up in their first two games? You look at Coastal Carolina, they gave up a touchdown. All right, but nothing in the fourth quarter, and especially when their backs were against the wall in a close game when they threw that interception, the Bruins picked off McCall in what was a semi-close, one one-possession game with the Chanticleer still very much in it at the Rose Bowl week one. The Bruins made the stop and did not allow them to get any closer. Against San Diego State, yes, the offense is not the, the capable the capable type that we'll see throughout the rest of this season or the energetic, up-tempo, throw it around, they can run it down your throat type of offense. The Bruins, well, I guess face. I know San Diego State came in with the opportunity to run the football. I thought they would a little more successfully than they did, but the Bruins ate it up, and you can just see the adjustments, right? Ten first-half points, chances to move the football, and while San Diego State did have it on the one-inch line against UCLA's defense in the second half, they held firm, and not only did they not allow a field goal attempt, they forced the turnover, and the Bruins really closed the door on that one. So when it came to two opportunities for one team to either maybe tie the game or get back in it in the second half in their home game against the Bruins, the defense has stepped up and forced turnovers in both key scenarios, one being in the fourth quarter, the other being in the third quarter. And sometimes you do have to make your own luck if it comes to a bad throw, if it comes to a bad bounce off a receiver's hands, if you force the pressure like the Bruins did stopping those first two first and second goal runs up the middle to the outside, whatever it may be, the aggression shown by this defense, there's many factors, starting with Danton Lynn and some of the returning D linemen, Lot two, the Murphy twins, there's so many guys are going to go up and down the line, much improved linebacker play overall in week two, the DBs are making plays, I do like what I'm seeing from this defense, especially only seven points given up in the second half of their first two games. You can point to the competition, but I do like those numbers against FBS teams. I wonder what the number will look like after the NC Central game, considering I do expect plenty of backups, third, fourth stringers, maybe even some walk-ons to get some opportunity to play at home for UCLA against NC Central, but still, it'll be important for UCLA to continue this defensive dominance in second halves of games. They're supposed to be one of the most conditioned teams, one of the most fittest teams with their offseason workouts. They're faster, stronger, more explosive, right, in terms of what Chip Kelly would like when they read and register their top speeds, how easily they get through practice, whatever it may be. And the Bruins are somewhat showing like it in the second half of games. They've come out, held on, and survived close to the Carolinas, scare a little bit, and pulled away from San Diego State. All impressive, and yet we don't have a quarterback. That, that's what this whole thing, the biggest question mark of this team is, when will they announce it? We probably pretty much know what it is. Why just can't they come out and announce it? The defense has announced their presence this year in 23. Why can't Kelly just come out and say, this is our quarterback? It may change, but this is the guy who's got the job right now. It might fluctuate based on certain mistakes in key situations. He hasn't come out and said any of those things just yet which leaves most of us, quote-unquote, hypothetically, right? He doesn't do hypotheticals in the dark. Well, hypothetically, Dante Moore is not just hypothetically been the best quarterback. He has been the quarterback of the three that is with the opportunities, right? Shelly in a couple plays, Garber's in a couple of his drives in week one. Moore has shined, and we hope he gets the opportunity, whoever it is named the starter, to do so for the rest of the season, eventually through NC Central and against Utah. It still gets you frustrated that they don't they're not going to be willing to come out and say this, but in the end it's still Chip Kelly dealing with the media and that's how it op- how he operates sometimes, especially in this got to keep everybody happy, doesn't want too many people to leave because he's got maybe three separate quarterbacks who might leave in the offseason. We can touch on that in another scenario in another pod. In the meantime, we're going to come up transition into UCLA Hoops 2024 odds title odds where Are they a favorite? Are they an underdog? Are they a value pick? What does this mean? Something I was reading on CBS Sports earlier and thought, hey, this is unique, right? We'll talk about that coming up next on Locked On UCLA. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive, right? eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors they've got you covered over 120 million plus parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Second segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast, Zach Anderson-Yox, I'm with you guys. Uh, the men's basketball team sits here in this unique season, we talked it over and over again. LeBron's bringing in the seven new, the eight newcomers, seven freshmen, four from overseas. Many different ways you could talk about the projected starting lineup. The last pod, if you're in every day or you listen to me talk about their postseason projections, at least seeding wise, with Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology updated from every single player signing, right? And they still were only at max a six seed, despite being a team who's got one of the top classes after everybody was re-ranked or actually ranked and rated in all the various rankings, right, from the ESPNs, Rivals, 24-7s, on threes. They've all got so many rating systems nowadays. Mar being a five-star, Berke, Berke being a four-star. Everybody, especially the three UCLA freshmen domestically, four-stars coming in. So why aren't the Bruins getting more love? And now they finally released some title odds. I'm looking at CBS Sports. They posted these. And what's unique in terms of title odds, they've got value, they've got best odds, different things. Here are the top value, right? Who are some good picks to win the championship? You've got the defending champs, the UConn Huskies. Even with what they lost, they can still be a a team that looks to win the first back-to-back title since those nasty Gator teams, emphasis on nasty, in 06 and 07. And then you've got Purdue, who's actually got 15 to 1 odds a year after they lost in the first round as a one seed to a 16 seed. FAU has apparently decent odds, according to CBS Sports Network or CBSports.com in terms of the value pick, 50 to 1. And then now you've got this UCLA team that's gone from a 19 win season, 22 win season, 27, 31 with Mick Cronin. In four seasons at West in Westwood with the Bruins at Pauley Pavilion, during before after COVID final four run Pac-12 regular season champ postseason galore heartbreak happiness everything in between the Bruins are forty to one odds to win the national championship and they're the most mysterious team. Everybody points to the loss of Bailey Clark Hawkes, Campbell. We can't forget the big loss of Singleton, but the mixture of transfers and freshmen. And that leads you to an even bigger discussion. How much is this a lack of confidence potentially in the players versus not trusting Cronin's ability to develop these guys over the season as arguably one of the top active coaches in the country, right? UCLA, at every single stage of the season, in my mind, under Mick Cronin, has been playing their best basketball when it comes to March. And I know they were on a bit of a losing streak, ironically heading into their Final Four run from the first four to the Final Four. But you can't argue with me that they didn't go all of a sudden, figure it out, handle Michigan State, come back in overtime, and run through with a bit of a break in those first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament in 21, get to the Final Four, and it took a miraculous heartbreak, everything in between. So for Cronin, you sit here wondering, all right, why is there so much doubt in this team that I've personally constructed? I know there are a couple of misses in the recruiting cycle for the domestic recruits, but overall, the Bruins have a lot of talent and it might take time to gel. They might not be a top five team as everybody might be hyped up to be, to see them in poly with one of the longest winning streaks the Bruins have had in poly Pavilion. One of the longer, I should say, I maybe mean, the longest one of the longer ones with that active home winning streak that they we hope they keep going throughout the Pac-12 season. UCLA is a unique forty-to-one odds team, right? Freshman, a transfer that's supposed to be key and Lazar, Lazar Stefanovic, and then Howards, Nuba, Bona, Dylan Andrews, even McClendon, all going to play together in this building foundational unit of the returners mixed with the newcomers and how good are these newcomers? That's the biggest question. Who's going to step up into roles where UCLA is replacing basically all of their production from a year ago. I do believe in Cronin's ability to get this team playing well. The biggest question is how much up and down will the Bruins go through this season? The ebbs and flows of a college basketball season can be so great, especially when you only get 30 plus games to make an impression on the committee and they'll get plenty of opportunity The CBS Sports Classic, the Maui Invitational, a couple of key non-conference games, Pac-12 play, and then the conference tournament as a Power 5, Power 6 college basketball program. You get so many opportunities, dare I say, UCLA falters at this stage of the 23-24 season. So I do think Cronin has a longer view of this season, where are we going to expect them to go and have one of the longer winning streaks like they did last year and maybe creep upon a one-seed? I think that'd be a little far fetched. But to say they're as far down as the sixth seed just doesn't seem to be giving Cronin and his coaching, you know, coaching background too much credit for what they found talent wise, where they found it, and his ability to develop with more assistant coaches, more talent guys, more talent skills evaluation coaches available to use for practices and different things throughout this season. So you've got more available guys to sit there and help develop these newcomers and gel and get them to gel together, even though Mara and Berrique just barely got to Westwood, right? Even though Bona wasn't available to play on the floor in Spain, and Vide had to miss a game, right? There's still guys that need to figure out their roles, and that's not going to happen game one. I guess you could see why. Yes, 40 to 1 odds. I would think they'd be a little bit better, given Cronin's ability to somewhat close these seasons with UCLA on fire. And I just wonder how they'll do that this year. So many different ways the roster can look, the starting five, who comes off the bench, who's the closing five, who is the shooter that's the closer, who's the go-to defender late in games like Jalen Clark was for UCLA in recent years. Who's just that gritty, grinded-out Hawkes type four-year player which UCLA is looking for over a one, two, three, maybe four-year career in one of these current Bruins. Is it a freshman? Is it Dylan Andrews? Is it McClendon? Is it a different guy that's going to play a long career in Westwood and eventually become that guy we love this year, next year, or the year after that where the Bruins are headed to Big Ten country? 40-1 to odds, unique for a program that's been building, rebuilt, I guess, from what it was after the Alfred era, after somewhat declining at the end of the howland era of the the magical three-year final four run here we are in a new era of ucla basketball and this is a key time the veterans are gone nobody knows what to think of and this could be this time where cronin stamps himself in ucla lore as a great men's basketball coach he's been good but again he'll tell you everybody can look it's all you look at what Wooden did, and even winning a championship, even winning one might not even be enough, right? But still, in this day and age, this is a chance for Cronin to prove even once again, despite lack of preseason top 25 love from ESPN or Leonardi or looking at different ideas from what's their projections for title odds, this is a chance for UCLA to get this opportunity and prove everybody wrong or just say, hey, we didn't know what to expect, and it was even much better than our best dreams could even be made of. So we'll wait and see how this team develops from November until maybe, as we hope to be, early April in the Final Four and, dare I say, national championship game. We'll see how it goes. 40 to 1 odds. It's not implausible. It's not impossible. It's certainly doable. We believe in Cronin. Go Bruins. Now we're going to transition into something a little different at the end of this Locked On UCLA episode. Who are... This this team, who is this NC Central team that's coming in to UCLA? Maybe not the f- most full, complete guy, but all right, what's the name of their band? Who is this team? Why did Chip Kelly go on saying they've got a couple of NFL prospects, right? The team that beat Deion Sanders, his son, and you know, Travis Hunter and the Celebration Bowl. What is the Celebration Bowl? If you're not familiar with it, we'll tell you all those things to wrap up. Locked on UCLA. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared whatsoever. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E, medical.com with the promo code Locked On. Wrapping up Locked On UCLA today, Zach Anderson-Yox, I'm with you guys. The Bruins, they've got themselves a unique matchup. Only for the second time in their history, UCLA is playing an FCS team, an HBCU team, back-to-back years. Last year, Alabama State against the Hornets. This year, you've got NC Central. Who are the reigning black college national champions by winning the Celebration Bowl against Deion Sanders, famed Jackson State Tigers, in the big black college HBCU national championships? Championship of sort. It's the big game. This is how the college football world kind of breaks down, at least pre craziness, right? You've got the FBS the different levels power 5 you got the group of 5 and even what's below the group of 5 I'm not even sure just the bottom feeders whoever you might be all battling to get into this college football playoff cool four teams maybe used to be a bowl system whatever then you've got the FCS division 1 AA you know different things it's gone by different names the FCS the football championship subdivision where they have a full playoff 24 teams Arguably more fair, maybe not. North Dakota State's dominated for so long. This is where the HBCUs and a lot of the FCS schools, they they all play for this championship. Still Division I football, but it's a lower level, which is where you've had all this discussion as to why we don't separate, have different championships, people can still make their money, and we don't ruin conferences and the other sports simply because we want to make money off of football and men's basketball and anything else from the TV money splintering the conferences. Whole nother debate. We're not going there. Where the FCS then splinters a little bit is the HBCUs having their own championship of sorts, which is the Celebration Bowl. There's a couple of conferences, and then you've got all these teams who have automatic berths. The HBCUs generally pass on going to the FCS playoffs, and they play in what is called the Black College National Championship game of sorts, the Celebration Bowl, if you will, gets two separate HBCU conferences. They battle against one another, and the winner is what they've determined to be a national champion of sorts and winning a bowl game nationally televised, generally in Atlanta, and gets them some exposure that they would get more of than if they played actually in the FCS playoffs and maybe get beaten down by quite a bit against those FCS teams. So sometimes you you look at the North Dakota States or some mid-tier FCS teams, they probably wouldn't compete as much or they would compete better than the current HBCU system. But that's why Jackson State was so special and makes it even more unique that NC Central went and beat them in that big game. One of two opportunities, Dion had a chance to win that game and did not. And despite a big game back in 2022, NC Central has an opportunity to try and run the table and do something special again now that Sanders has moved on and they've all moved on once again to Colorado and doing crazy things in Boulder right now. So where does that leave this team? You know, where does this NC Central team come on? Well, they've got a quarterback, Davius Richard from Florida, 6'3", senior. Again, you've probably heard NC Central's name in college football news circulating a little bit. Because you've heard of the the UNC receiver, Tess Winter. If I well, you know, I might be getting it wrong, but off the top of my mind, he went to NC Central, and they had that season canceled due to COVID. A lot of FCS teams, a lot of teams just didn't play at all. The FCSs either played in the spring or simply didn't play at all. The HBCUs at NC Central didn't play. That's why he's trying to go to go play at UNC. That's why you might hear that name even more. Get thrown out there. So a team where you've got a very good quarterback in Tez Walker situation, Tez, did I say Tez Winter? Tez Walker to get that name right. But Davious Richard or Richard who is the all-time, one of the all-time career passing leaders for NC central, right? He has over 6,000 yards passing coming into the season, 52 p- touchdown passes, 8,000 career yards, total offense, right? They play in the MEAC, A team that is just really, really, really good at at their level of football, two and zero already, and you have to be careful because this quarterback is probably going to put up bigger numbers, arguably than what San Diego State brought to the table. It's hard to say that comparing the levels and having a converted safety into quarterback, but Richard probably is going to help move the football for this very confident NC Central team that had slowly been building since prior to COVID, a losing record, winning records each year. Last year, a double-digit win season on top of the Celebration Bowl win, and now they're 2-0 and in this season, looking to shock the Bruins. And in the likes of the, the, the local paper or one of the, the media outlets, the News and Observer, the Eagles, have been quoted as saying they don't want the icing on the – they don't want to go and just celebrate and be excited, right? Trey Oliver was quoted as saying – we're not going to go out there, just go on vacation and be excited about the opportunity to play the Rolls Bowl. We're going out to try, there to try and beat these people. Now, we know the task at hand. We're going to have to play a pretty much perfect game. And he goes on and says, obviously, UCLA's got a great offensive mind in Chip Kelly. We're not conceding or anything. We want to go and play a big game. But what's so cool about playing these teams for UCLA and for NC Central, they're going to bring out – UCLA's paying – to bring out NC Central's band. Remember last year, I titled an episode, if you can go back and dive into the YouTube archives, you don't have to go in the archives, but you can go on the Locked On UCLA channel or even go through any of the old audio episodes, whether it's Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, and find, hey, one of the best things is going to be the the likes of the bands. Well, UCLA is actually paying for the band to come, right? Last year, It was Alabama State's big-time band. This year, I believe, it's what's known as the sound machine that's coming for NC Central. And they're going to come, and almost all the HBCUs have some great bands. They play. It's a big part of the experience if you missed out on it last year. A standing ovation, a full football charter plane, 150 people on it, and then the band and the cheerleaders are coming on their own plane. So they're bringing two full – Planes or close to planes full or travel buses, whatever it may be, alumni and everything, to the Rose Bowl. So that's why we should all ex- have a fun experience. As Martin Germain has been quoted as saying, it's bigger than the game. It's that experience. And we'll give our fans an experience they don't usually have. This is from the News Observer. So it's the Black Excellence game, but still a lot of fun Opportunity. NC Central came to play. Don't be shocked if UCLA gives up a couple more scores early than what we've seen if they don't come out ready to play because Richard can certainly move the football. Chip Kelly said, hey, they've got a couple of NFL-level players on their team, NFL prospects. And hey, remember UCLA struggled a little bit early against Alabama State? And then eventually Garbers comes in. Charbonnet didn't play, and I'm not sure Chip Kelly's going to rise to this level where the Bruins are that banged up as they were in week two or whatever it was in week in 2022 they're not as banged up but they do have as many question marks i think nc central might actually go out and score the first touchdown of the game until the bruins settle down and put this game to bed very early but it will be a fun one the band will be an exciting part of it and we'll see how the defense is awake against the quarterback that can really sling it around all across the field and did so against the likes of a a Travis Hunter, who we've seen dominate college football for the Buffaloes in Boulder. Against, they were able to hold Jadier Sanders. He did have a good game against them in the Celebration Bowl, but I know it's a year-to-year transition. Still, they know how to coach a good game, and they were able to beat Deion Sanders in arguably the biggest game of his coaching career, excluding these Colorado games, when it came to trying to win the most important game of Jackson State season. So this is a team that's no slouch out of the Miak. the Eagles coming in with a senior quarterback, and they want to mean business. And it'll be fun. They're a unique team looking to go win another Celebration Bowl, make it back-to-back Black College National Championships, and find a way to do it again. We'll get more in-depth of keys to the game more other key players, but NC Central is a unique opponent, second straight year, and the Bruins are paying to bring out their band, which I thought was a cool part. Probably did that last year, maybe I read right over it, but nice to see that they're doing that again this year to bring out the sound machine, if I've got that correct, right, for this extremely, extremely fun opportunity to play against NC Central. That wraps it up for Locked On UCLA, if you every day or you're going to hear my keys to the game even more offensively focused for the Thursday episode. And Throwback Thursday is coming back one more time, that final segment of the next episode. We're talking about a very famous moment, an anniversary of sorts. If you can remember what the anniversary of a very recent but lovable UCLA memory, it involves a current coach on the UCLA staff. September 13th actually is the anniversary, but we're doing Throwback Thursday on September 14th. So if you remember it, hit it in the comments. Tell me, hey, What's the Throwback Thursday segment going to be? We'll talk about it as one of our fun segments for the next episode. So stay tuned for that. UCLA NC Central quarterback drama. What is the basketball team going to look like this year? Everything in between here on Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. Download, subscribe, and hit that like, comment, everything in between. I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, saying get your hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, UCLA, UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.